welcome to Relationship Rescue, the podcast. Today is a very special day um, for me because I am interviewing um, my former client who is now a friend, um, Jason, and we are going to dive deep for all of you. Um, really, this is you know to benefit you. Um, plus, I'm super proud of Jason and I'm still in shock. Um, at where he's standing today, but um, interview. But I'm going to interview Jason about um, what happened in his marriage. Kind of, we're going to start from the beginning of when Jason and I started working together, which was, um, I believe, in September. Um, I will clarify that with Jason in a minute. Um, till now, which we are April, um, uh, the beginning of April. So, what is exciting about this is Jason has so much insight that is going to help many of you listening today that are, are in the same situation, which is despair. And, um, so what I want to do is let's get started right away and welcome Jason. Thank you for being here. Hi Heather. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. So we're going to get right into it, Jace. And, um, First of all, Jason, did we start working together in September? Do you remember, it, by the way? Was it it was like mid-October. Mid-October. Okay. Yeah, so close that, enough. Okay. Got it. Okay. So mid-October, Jason and I started working together. So you're going to really see how um, Jason went from despair to, to um, clarity, which, by the way, the first step um, to healing yourself when you're in a, in a toxic marriage or anything like that is honestly getting clarity. So know this, we, Jason went from despair to clarity to thriving again, uh, quicker than anybody I have ever seen, but he was ready. He was ready to do the, do the, do the work. And, um, he's an extraordinary human being. And, um, and that's why I call him my friend now put it this way. We started working together in mid-October, and my 50th birthday was on February 11th, and I insisted Jason come to my 50th birthday party. <laughs> so that, and that was only for very limited amount of special people. So um, he's just an amazing human being. So I, I hope you enjoy, and we're going to get started. So, okay, so Jason, if you can describe for um, the listeners out there, when we first work, started working together... So what, what was your mindset? And um, if you could describe exactly, you know, that first phone call we had, what were you feeling? How were you feeling? Where were you at at that moment? Well, in your introduction, um, you know, you mentioned the word despair. Uh, I think that was pretty accurate. Um, I think uh, on that call also, I think I described it as, you know, I just felt like, you know, my entire world was just falling around, down around me, you know, was just collapsing. Um, it just, you know, I just felt like a stranger in my own body, uh, you know, afraid of being alone, afraid of what was going to happen, yes. afraid of what was going to happen to my kids. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it later, but, uh, you know, I'm a child of divorce myself. So, um, you know, just that fear of like, being doomed to repeat my own past experiences, but now as an adult, instead of as a kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we talked about that a lot and we will get um, into that. 
um, the, you know, it, very soon. So, but in, so in the beginning, what was the outcome you were hoping for within the marriage when you first came to me? Because one thing that I, I did tell you, and, and um, I'm sure you'll remember this, and I tell everybody I work with, my goal is to save the marriage if it's savable. And so when you and I first started working together, what was the outcome you were hoping for? Um, I mean, that was my, my yeah. hope for it as well. I mean, I, I, even with all the, like the extreme negative feelings that I was experiencing then, um, I was still hopeful that, um, you know, it could be saved. I mean, that was, that was the goal when we started working together was, yeah. was to identify whatever issues there were and, and address them and try to fix it and keep the family together. Yep. Uh, because at the time, you know, it was still my feeling that there was more good there than than the bad. I love that you said that because that was what your feeling was, and and you really did everything you could. You know, we we did, you did, and I did, and we did together try to to make it work for many reasons, like that you've already stated some of them, and um, yeah, and that I and unfortunately. We weren't successful in that, but we were successful in other ways, as you know. So, okay. So can you tell the listeners, Jason, what were the issues that the marriage was having? So when you came first to me, what, we didn't have concrete proof of some things, but what did you believe was going on and what was going on? What did you believe was going on and what did you know was going on? And what were those issues? Um, well, I think, uh, it started with, um, you know, she was just becoming more distant. I mean, well, I guess, you know, we were becoming distant from each other. Um, but, and I recognize that and, you know, it was both emotional and physical distance. Um, I, yeah, I love, okay, good. Not just like, oh, you know, I, I think a lot of people focus on physical distance, but there was an emotional disconnect there too. Um, and I tried to bring that up with her and, you know, it didn't really we didn't really get anywhere with that. Um, and you know, I thought at the time that, okay, well maybe she's just not in a place, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally to have like an in-depth discussion on that. Um, you know, because she had, she had struggled and, and dealt with depression and, and, uh, you know, I just thought, okay, she's just not in a place like where I can, she's not ready to talk about it right now. You know, um, I didn't take it personally. Um, I just didn't think she was able to do that. And then, but soon after that, <laughs> uh, I discovered, oh, okay, she is able to have emotional connection with somebody because I discovered, uh, you know, she had been engaging with in emotional affairs with at least two of her coworkers. Yes. And when you found that out, and at first, did your ex deny that? Deny it? Um, she did not. Uh, you know, when I confronted her about it. Um, but did she, Jason, how about this? Did she okay. actually say when you said, did you use the term emotional affair? And did she um, um, say, yes, it's an emotional affair? Or was it more, how did she agree? What did she? Well, no, she didn't. She and, No, okay. and I did use the term emotional affair. And she did um, not agree to that though, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, what did she say? Well, that's what I want to know. That, well, yeah, it's instead it became, um, you know, well, you know, these are people I work with and, 
you know, it's, uh, we get along and all this stuff and trying, trying to downplay it, you know, right. and, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I know what I saw and I know what I'm experiencing in the relationship. I love that. Exactly. Yep. Keep going. Just, just <laughs> feeling, you know, there's, there's, you know, we're lacking emotional connection and then the things that I'm seeing and reading, it's like, okay, like I, I went from thinking she wasn't able to have the emotional connection with me. Like she's just not in that place right now, but then realize, oh, like she is, she's just giving it to other people, just not me. Yes. Um, so Jason, what would you say? So, you know, I, I get this a lot. All of my, you know, my clients will say, I don't know if they're having an emotional affair and, you know, and so let me just be clear really quick um, to, to, um, I want to speak on what is an emotional affair. An emotional affair is basically just exactly what Jason said. You are, you are talking about your emotions, about things that you should be talking with, with your husband to some, or wife with somebody else. Okay. And then on, and on other levels, it's also, you're sharing parts of your life that you shouldn't be sharing with somebody else because you know that there's, this is not right. That's what an emotional affair is. Okay. And many people that are having emotional affairs do have sexual fantasies about actually going, having a physical affair with this person too. But it, you know, some, a lot of the times it might cross that into the physical. Um, and other times it just stays emotional, but make no mistake. And again, please make no mistake. An emotional affair hurts the spouse just as much as the physical affair, possibly even more because a lot of physical affairs will happen and end, you know, um, quickly, or it's a one night stand. And, and I'm not saying that's excusable, but please do not discount the emotional and mental, um, toll, uh, that it takes on the spouse. I mean, would you say that that devastated you, Jace, that you just, you know, when you found I, out that, yes, it was true when we finally got it out of her? Yeah, I think I, I think definitely in my case, I, and again, not that it's excusable, but I, I think in my case, it would have been, you know, just more understandable that, uh, you know, that, you know, okay, like a physical thing, like you, you kiss somebody, whatever, you know, it, like it happens. Right. Like for me, because of the, of the emotional nature of the affair, it's like, this is, this is a, like, this is yes. a decision that you're making. Yes. You yes. know, you're, you, this isn't like in the heat of the moment. Exactly. This isn't like a passion thing. Like you're, you're choosing to, you know, go outside our marriage to get that need fulfilled. And I'm over here, like asking you, you know, Hey, what's going on? And I'm yeah. not getting anywhere. Well, and you're, and, and the problem is, is what comes with emotional affairs. Um, and I believe you will agree that, you know, you experienced this, but is it, it, the lying, the manipulation, then what happens is when you're being lied to and manipulated, you, the self doubt about yourself starts, you know, um, coming into uh, play. You, you start questioning everything. Am I crazy? Am I not? Um, you know, did you feel any of those things, Jason? Uh, all, all of those. I yes. felt. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So when we started, um, and you know, uh, codependent is a big word, but Jason and I had both agreed there was some codependency, um, tendencies within Jason. And this isn't a podcast on codependency. I will be doing, um, one very soon. Um, but I want to really get, 
um, to, I want Jason to be able to, you know, help all of you. So codependent though, it's a very difficult thing to be when you're in a relationship that is toxic because you're constantly questioning yourself and you're trying to save something that, you know, is possibly might not be savable, but also it's, it's depleting your energy, your emotions. Um, it's very taxing on a person. And, um, Jason did not give up. Like we really kept trying and they even were seeing, um, a marriage counselor, um, together. And it just, that again, we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but really wasn't working. Um, but we did a lot of healing work for with Jay, Jason and I did self love, self respect, and we dove deep into a little, you know, into his childhood. And so, what I want you to, um, and and also into his ex's childhood. That's part of what I do is, where is the, you know, what are the, how are we, how we were raised is really very indicative of how you're going to relate to each other, the tactics you're going to use for connection, for disconnection, the arguments that are going to come up, all of it. Um, so Jason, when I want to ask you, um, did it help for you to see the correlation between your childhood, um, and your relationship plus to also see Christine's, you know, childhood, which you had known about, but the correlation also there within the relationship, did those things help you to start healing more and to start really like it starts clicking? Did that start clicking for you? How did that work? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, once, once I kind of opened my eyes to that, um, and connected those dots back to my childhood, you know, I was really blown away just, um, just kind of seeing how all these things are, are connected and, and, um, you know, it just, it really just opened my eyes to a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the, the word clarity. I mean, that, that's what it provided. And that is when I think that I saw the, um, the clarity. I mean, I mean, I remember when I finally said it's clicking for Jace. It's clicking. Yeah. I mean, so we're going to move forward now we're going to, and I, you know, and I really think it's important for listeners to know you were very upset. I mean, not, you know, you just, this was heartbreaking. This was hard because you, you were going to marriage counseling also. And, you know, tell us a little bit, um, Jason, what was the most frustrating um, part of this whole process, including like, what was the frustrating thing about the marriage counseling and, and what was frustrating about everything, you know, all of this? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think the most frustrating thing is just, you know, I was trying to communicate, you know, to her that, you know, how badly this was hurting me, that her actions um, hurting, and not just me, you know, the marriage. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and the family. Um, and I just never felt like that was really acknowledged. And certainly I felt like even if she gave it the lip service, it, you know, the, the actions never changed. The actions continued. So exactly. And that was a big issue for, um, for us, you, you know, it was mm-hmm. that I felt like we were continuously hearing words. And like you said, the actions never changed. I mean, this is where it is so true. Actions speak louder than words. And especially when you're in despair in your marriage, see what a lot of people do is just keep saying words and never taking action. So they can, so they don't, that's an avoidance tactic. 
Okay. Mm. That is how the, the spouse that doesn't really want to take any blame or make the change. And they're trying to figure out what they're going to do, what they want, but the, it's avoidance. It's avoidance. It's in the, what does the avoidance do? It gives them time, 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 time. And there was never an apology really. And well, way later, but all of those things, you, there, there was no validation to your feelings and, and the, you know, and you did, you tried to communicate so many times how bad this was hurting you. And that was what was hard for me too, is just knowing this. Um, so, you know, the vague answers exactly. I know, you know, did you ever feel like any of your, the questions you had were answered truthfully? No, I mean, it, it, it really just got to the point where I, you know, any trust that I had that was left was just completely evaporated, you know? Yeah. So even it just got to the point where, you know, she could, she could honestly tell me the truth and I just wouldn't believe her anymore. And, and it's because of that disconnect between the words I was hearing, the actions that I was seeing. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, okay. That, so you went though from, let's, let's, I'm going to give this time frame again. Middle of October, okay, in the middle of October, you were in despair. I mean, I was, uh, how many times were we texting in, in, in between our sessions? Like, I, I, I think that, that we- Daily at the very da least. Well, daily and not just a little. We were, yeah. it was a constant communication between you and I. And because like I, I've said before, those, it's in those moments that change starts happening. And if you and I were to lose a moment of, hey, had this is going on or let's do, you know, it, it wasn't going to work. But so you went from the middle of October of us texting and talking, you know, talking once a week, texting all the time to literally the first of the year from so from despair and heartache and everything else to becoming confident, assertive. <laughs> and you finally and you just filed for divorce without any hesitation. And. What would you say finally clicked for you? What was that one turning point for you that said, I'm done, I'm done. Can you tell us? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously there, you know, that whole time I, I was trying. Um, I, uh, yes, and, exactly. And, and so, you know, there's just a number of things that, you know, just added up over time. Um, I think even the, the biggest thing for me was, um, you know, even after I had, I had filed for divorce and even then I still hadn't given up. You know? I know. I and know that, it was like, I, cause I made it clear to her that, you know, Hey, yeah. like I, when I, cause I wasn't sure if I wanted to tell her, um, because I didn't know how she would react. And I told her and, and when I told her, I told her, you know, I filed, um, it doesn't mean anything, you know, it, I mean, not that it doesn't mean anything, but you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a petition. I can withdraw it, you know, it, and it's kind of like, Hey, it's up to you. This is, this and, is time for your action. This and is, yep. I, I mean, I sat there, I, I remember I broke down, um, you know, reiterated like how bad this is hurting me, um, that I don't want this. And it's just, but if it's a choice between continuing on, with the pain or, or letting go and moving on. Like I choose to let go. I don't want to carry this pain anymore. And I said all that and I, and I left the house and 
a few minutes later, I get a text saying, well, can you let me know when the, I'm going to get served with the papers so I can mentally prepare? <laughs> and it just, that I think that good. just, I think that just clicked it for me. I just, you know, wow. Like I, I just poured my heart out there, you know, and just put everything on the table and it just, all she can care about is mentally preparing to be served with the papers. Yeah. But Jason, she did though later as this process moved forward and you did start, you got into your apartment and you moved out and you did all of these amazing things, got the rooms ready for your kids for when they come to you. She did try to get back together. She said she was actually, she finally admitted the affairs. She finally gave you what you wanted, the validation that you were right, the validation that she hurt you, that this wasn't your fault and she would like to try again. And which, which was, I think, shocking for both of us. I was like, oh, my, it finally clicked, which, is, which happens, by the way, all the time, all the time. I wouldn't say it's not 100% of the time, but finally something clicks within the spouse that what, I, you're so late to the game that I, you know, what did you feel when she did that and said that? I, I mean, honestly, I, I, was, I was angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... And I think I already mentioned it just, you know, it's kind of like too little too late. And also, um, I just, you know, I just have no trust. There's no trust there anymore. Um, and, and again, it's, you know, words are nice, but if they're not backed up with action, um, they don't really mean a whole lot. Yep. Exactly. Um, okay. So can you then finally, well, there's two, I want to ask you a couple more things. Sure. Tell, can you let people know out there, the listeners out there know, you know, if they have a partner that's insisting that there's no emotional affairs happening, you know, what, what do you, can you, from a personal experience, can you please give us, you know, um, tell us what the, what the signs were for you. I mean, we did touch on this a little bit earlier, but this is very important for people to understand that think that there's not an emotional affair going on and like they're going crazy. But what were those signs that you knew there was for sure uh, an emotional affair happening? Well, I mean- Especially was, looking back at it, Jason, especially yeah. looking back. I just, you know, well, I had the black and white evidence of, you know, text. I mean, nothing- overt, like nothing overtly sexual even. Um, but just things like, you know, trying to take this person out for dinner for their birthday, you know, and I I don't know anything about this. (laughs) Um, and I think that's something that, you know, (laughs) but also Jason, like what what were, but by me, but what were, her sign. So like you had said before, yeah, you had the black and white proof, but a lot of people don't mm-hmm. have those text messages. Sure. You know, so what were, what were, can you think of anything? Cause again, you did have those messages. Well, I think but, when I, when I found out, I mean, but even before the text messages, I mean, so you know, you, there's the routines of the house, there's the routines of the house. And you okay. know, every night we'd put the kids to bed and, and then usually after that, you know, that's our time to hang out and catch up. Even if it's just, watch TV and just, just to be together, you know, be physically close. Um, you know, maybe we talk a little bit about the day, talk about the kids, whatever. And, you know, that kind of stopped happening. Uh, And, you know, um, we both have demanding lives and responsibilities and I'm thinking, okay, well she just, and it's not unusual for 
if we have a, you know, we're tired and we end up falling asleep with one of the kids when we, when we put them to bed. Um, so I just assumed that's what was happening, but then I would come upstairs and, you know, for, to go to bed myself and she's laying in bed on her phone. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, wow. Okay. I thought she fell asleep, you know, and, but she's up here by herself on her phone though. And I'm kind of like, okay. And you know, after a couple of weeks of this happening, I was like, okay, like something is going on. You know, this isn't just a one-off, like this is a pattern. Yep. Um, and so that's when I got suspicious and started poking around and yeah. found all the messages and. Yep. And the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. So, okay. So last question. I just want to know finally today, right now, how do you feel? Like, how is life? Like is, let us tell us. So, yeah, I, I spent a lot of time on this question, um, and I'm just going to read what I wrote here. Uh, so I, I think the, there's no, there's no like one single answer to and way to answer this question. Um, but if I have to choose like one word or to summarize, I think that that word is, I feel clear. Yes. You know, I had been in a fog, um, that was made up, you know, emotional pain and mental pain, uh, indecision, anxiety, crippling anxiety, worrying about the future, worrying what's going to happen. Um, and so once I let go of that person, I was able to let go of those feelings and, and I replaced them with hope, uh, excitement, um, for the future. Yeah. And I just want to be clear to everybody out there that's listening and maybe going through a similar situation, you know, that, you know, those bad feelings, they do come back. They come back. Um, you know, there's some days are, are worse than others. Um, even there's moments within days that are worse, you know, that are tough to get through. But I think for me, at least, um, I'm able to recognize when those feelings and those thoughts pop up. And, and I can sit with them and, you know, I'll not run away from it. You know, I allow myself to feel them. We worked a lot on that though, Jason. And that's the key yeah. is that people need to realize is that you also did, this was work. You know what I mean? Like people aren't going to just get there. I'm not without this. This is a process and you showed up for that process. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean that you yeah, it's, showed it, it, up and did the work. You know, it, it, the thought is, you know, or at least for me before, it was like, well, you know, it, it's perfectly normal to have unwanted feelings. And what I would do with them before is just, you know, ignore them and stuff them down. Right. But that doesn't make them go away. No. You know, and in fact, when they, when they come back, they come back in a way that is, is unrecognizable from maybe what the first time you felt them. They'll, they come out in unexpected ways. So when you have those feelings, like it's okay to, to have them, you know, and then that's normal. Right. But you have to let yourself feel it and process it. And then, and then once you're done with that, you can, you can release that. You let him go and, and come back to center. So what, so today now you're feeling hopeful you're, for your future, excited for your future. You're settled into your new place. And are, are you, can you say that you are 100% happy with the decision you made and you, are, like you said, you're, you have clarity, but are you very, um, are, are, do you feel good about all of it? The way? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, it's, it's, and it's perfectly normal to, to, you know, like I say, you have these thoughts and, and 
um, you know, it's like, wow, you know, you to feel, I wish things would have turned out differently, but it's here I am today, you know, and right. the, decision, the decision was made. I made the decision and I just got to keep moving forward with that, you right. know, and yes. early on in the process for me, um, I, I, you know, I am excited about the future now, but early on, especially I, I just, I didn't, I, I didn't allow myself to get too far ahead of myself. You know, yeah. I really was less like, I mean, one day at a time, people talk about that, but it literally was one day at a time for me. Like right. woke up, it's like, okay, let me get through the day. Cause I knew there was going to be moments within that day that were going to be tough to get through. Um, and if I started talking, thinking about tomorrow and the next day and the next week and the next month, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, just totally overwhelmed. I remember when we first talked is that we had talked, um, I think it was a couple weeks in, and I had said to you, I said, I want you to understand that I want you to have your best 2020 ever. Do you remember that? I, yeah. you know, and I want that year. Well, we didn't know it was going to be the coronavirus, but <laughs> that I wanted you to have clarity and have this figured out and done what one way or the other. So you could go into 2020 as the happiest you. And while like everything you said is right, meaning it, it, you had, while you did question things, you not kind of, I mean, question, okay, did I make, do the right thing? That's, uh, that's going to happen. But you always stood firm, Jace, in the, in your truth. And you didn't, um, you've never, um, you, you've never tried to, um, how do I say this? Make her the bad person. I mean, of course, in, in the heat of things at times, but what I think what you finally did and why it was, you could let it go is because you understood that your life is important, obviously, but you can no longer stay in some a toxic marriage or you know or a relationship that is going to never bring you peace, clarity, and the things you, that you deserve. And so, what I believe you chose was yourself. You chose, yeah. you, and that was what made me so proud of you and so happy for you. And, and when people start choosing themselves is when I think clarity really starts happening. And while a marriage is about two people, a relationship is about two people, it's also about connection. And so when the relationship is so severely disconnected and we're not making any progress, that's when I turn from the marriage to you mm -hmm. and you pivoted well, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think for me, you know, just finally realizing it's like, it doesn't matter how badly you want somebody to change. It, yes. it, you can beg and you can plead, but that, that change, the self-growth, it's a personal choice. Yes. It can only come from that person. And also, and you know, this has elements of the codependency. Once I realized I wasn't responsible for the other person's choices, and, and more importantly, that they weren't, that their choices and what they were doing was not a reflection on me and not, yeah. and not, and not <clears throat> an indication of my own self-worth. Yes. Yeah. So I, that's when I found my strength within myself and I let go. When, and I, I remember that, let go. Jason, when we were talking about some of the things that were happening within your marriage and then, and then the parallels of you know, Christine of, of, um, of your ex's, um, childhood and past, I, 
that is when you could actually say, well, wait a minute, this isn't my fault. You know what I mean? Like this is reactions to, to her past. And, you know, and, and that's what happens with all of us. Just like your reactions are some things to still do with childhood and everything. So um, anyways, I think we'll probably have you back on here because you really have amazing insight. So thank you so much for um, being here today. I know you're helping a lot of people. And so thank you guys, all of you out there listening. I am so excited that you're here. Um, Relationship Rescue, the podcast is going to continue to go on every week and in, every week you're going to get, you know, learn a little bit more about what can help you and your relationship and, you know, steps to take. Um, I do offer a 60 minute clarity call, a free call just to try to help give you some clarity. You can go on my website and um, set that up. And again, have a wonderful um, week. Thank you for tuning in. And again, Jason, thank you so much. Thank you, Heather.